This is Jackets Debrief, a show about the Columbus Blue Jackets, the National Hockey League, and part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Welcome to Jackets Debrief, everybody. Uh, I am here. Alexia is here. (laughs) She is mouthing words to some song that only exists in her head. No, I was just going because because that's I'm doing what the music in that says. The music in that. Yeah. Oh goodness, it's gonna be a long show, folks. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna start with Soda of the Week here. It's a, a classic Jones lemon lime. Why are you making a face? <laughs> because it's lemon. But like Sprite's a lemon lime soda. Oh goodness! <laughs> I like the. the you have no attention screen. span. <laughs> You're like a small dog, or a cat. A squirrel goes running around, and you just lost all attention. Here, lemon lime soda. Let's smell it. Oh, Smells lemon and limey. Actually, like. Give it a taste. Fizzy. It's very fizzy. Very fizzy. Oh, goodness, child. Oh, my. It's good. It's a good lemon-lime soda. I like it. Uh, a little sweeter than like your average Sprite or something. Maybe a little more lemon than that. But it's good. Is it blowing your mind or you just can't handle all this? Your little 10-year-old mind is just <laughs> destroyed by the soda. All right. So uh, if you joined us on last week's show with Lex, we did uh, some hockey trivia. (laughs) If you're watching the video version of this, I apologize for the child. We did some hockey trivia stuff, and Lex thought it would just be boring if I always asked her because she thought she would always get them wrong. So now she's going to ask me some hockey hockey questions. All right, what's our first question? A shot hits the post without a goaltender. Touch. Wait. Okay. If a shot hits the post without the goaltender touching it and and deflects it away from the net, is it considered a shot on a goal? No, it's not a shot on goal. Correct. Yeah, so if you didn't catch that, if a shot goes off the post, it's not a shot on net, technically. It's a dumb rule, but that's what it is. If you hit the post, it should count as a shot. All right. What is the consequence of a player other than the goaltender grasps grasps the puck in the crease? In the crease, uh, if that happens, they are awarded a goal. A penalty shot is awarded. Oh, it's a penalty shot? Well, I guess I'm wrong. I thought they awarded a goal for that. Penalty shot, if you clasp, if you put your hand on the puck and it's in the crease. All right, what's the next one, kid? 
On a penalty shot, what happens if the goaltender leaves the crease prior to the shooting player touching the puck? I don't know. It doesn't count. You have to do it again. Goals awarded. The shooting player, should he not score, will be allowed to shoot again. Oh, okay. I did not know that. I guess you just do it again then. That's fun. All right, take your soda and get out of here, kid. Where's your soda? Where's your soda? No. Get out of here. Don't you tell me to get out of here? Get out. I'm leaving. leaving. Yeah, you better do that. Ha. I'm leaving. You can't tell me to get out. I'll tell you to get out. Oh, dear heavens. Anyway, folks. All right. Thank you very much. Um, This week's show, uh, as it has been the last few weeks, uh, brought to you by our friends over with DraftKings. You know, we got the big game coming up. We got the Super Bowl coming up. Chiefs. uh, I was about to say Patriots. Buccaneers. Here's the thing. DraftKings is the official daily fantasy partner of Super Bowl 55. They're bringing back their golden ticket giveaway with up to $55 million in prizes up for grabs. All you have to do to get your share of these huge prizes is enter DraftKings' free Super Bowl prediction challenge. Once you submit your picks, you will get a free instant prize up to $25,000. And if you have one, if you have the most predictions correct, you could win the top prize of $1 million. All right, download the app now, enter the free prediction challenge, answer questions like who's going to score last, and boom, get ready. Uh, and these are kind of fun fun picks in my mind, just these fun, goofy prognostications on what's going to happen. Letting you know DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to its players since 2012, so they know a thing or two about big paydays. Remember to download the DraftKings app now. Use the promo code THPN to enter the free $55 million Super Bowl prediction challenge. Everyone gets an instant prize up to $25,000 just for playing. So use the promo code THPN now and enter the free $55 million fantasy Super Bowl challenge. Only at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy provider of Super Bowl 55. Terms, conditions, and eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Folks, it has been just... It has been a roller coaster of emotions here. Um, I mean, we just had... We had the big trade which we were all, I would say, I was stunned by it. I mean, I, I guess I guess I'm still processing it a little bit here, uh, the Pierre-Luc Dubois for Patrick Liney trade. Um, we keep forgetting that Jack Roslevic is part of that deal. But it's, uh, it's the reality of what we're dealing with now. That's just what we've got. Uh, we've got this... I mean, it's a franchise-altering deal in a lot of ways. Um, something that, before we get into going over the Jackets' previous games, which I, that's not going to be fun, I, I'm getting the feeling that this trade is the... At the end of the season, we're going to look back on this trade, and this could very well be the domino that leads to the end of the John Tortorella era in Columbus. Now, what do I say by What do I mean by that? There's an old saying in hockey that before you fire a coach, you make a you owe you owe him, you owe him a trade. And that's what Yarmo did here is that he owed him a trade. 
Now, I don't think Yarmo owed John Tortorella anything. The the Blue Jackets hired John Tortorella when he was still re- in the early parts of rehabilitating his image uh, after the dumpster fire that happened in Vancouver. And John Tortorella's done a great job for this team. I just, I think we're seeing a point where John Tortorella's done everything he can as far as affecting the uh, the mental makeup of this team, as far as trying to make them tough and feel like winners and all that good stuff. I really wonder if at this point, what's holding this team back is that the X's and O's aren't there, that they're not there to try and push these guys into, into scoring more. If they're just not getting that type of training throughout the week. And that's the thing. Hockey is a, is a different beast than a sport like football. Football, you drop a play, you train guys, you do that kind of stuff. Hockey, you're getting them into mindsets. You're getting them into thinking in terms of a system. This is what we do. This is kind of a general strategy. It's almost like jazz. There's a there's a form. Um, there's like a baseline. There's a beat. But your guys need to know how to play in that and how to improvise on that. And I don't know if John Tortorella is great at teaching jazz. We'll just put it that way. And, I mean, you kind of see that in terms of the team just doesn't score. I mean, they put up five goals the other night on uh, the other day on Tampa and then had what might have been one of the worst showings, their worst game all year against Florida uh, the other day. Starting off by looking at the standings here before I, I get into too much more. If you look at points right now, you're going to be lied to. Uh, as a Blue Jackets fan. Right now, if we're looking at points, Blue Jackets are first in the division. Yeah, first in the Discover Central Division. Woo! That's a lie. As I will say all year, look at points percentage. Now, this is also a lie. Because right now, Dallas and Florida are tied for first at one thousand, at pretty much 100% points. They've earned all the points they could. They are both 3-0. But they've only played three games. They're going to lose. It's going to happen. They're not going to go 56-0. and 0. There's going to be losses along the way. So it's kind of tough to read the standings right now. And, and there's something to the bottom three teams in the standings in the Central, when you organize by points percentage, are all teams that have played seven games. Columbus, who has seven out of seven. Chicago, who has six out of seven. Detroit, who has five out of seven. If you go into... Um, after if you get into third place, Tampa, they've got six out of six points out of four games, so a seven fifty, not bad. Carolina's got four points out of three games, so six sixty seven. Nashville is six out of six, so five hundred. So I mean, it's not that Columbus is so far back they can't make this work. It's just, I mean, the thing is, in a season like this, because there's so many games against the other teams in your division, it's going to be a weird season. It's going to be. The opportunity is going to be there to come back. Um, I think it will be very interesting late in the season to see how teams play differently when games are getting close. Because here's the thing. Say we're, you know, we're four games from the end of the season and the Blue Jackets are two points back of Florida to get into that fourth spot. And it's a tie game with five minutes to go in the third. You may start. You may see situations at the end of this season where, in tie games, teams pull goaltenders. And the reason I say that is, if you're the Blue Jackets and you've only got you know two, three, four games left, 
and you're trying to make up more than more than two points on a team, you don't want to go to overtime because that gives them a point. You want to do everything in your power to get the win. Um, maybe you won't see pulled goaltenders, but you might. I, I just I feel like this is a season that in some ways may favor the bolt. So we'll see what happens there. Um, looking at Don LeCision's, uh playoff projected odds at this point, the Blue Jacks are not in great odds. Not that they were that not that they had great odds at any given point in the season, but right now we're at a 33% chance to make the playoffs according to his projections. Um, Columbus started at about a 50-50. Now they're down to 33. Uh, most teams haven't, haven't grossly grown over what they were expected, except you got a couple. You've got uh, Florida went from around 41. They're now like 59. Dallas went from about a 63 uh, up to about a 78. So I could see a couple of those teams coming down if, if, and all, and that's the thing, they've only got three games in. So if Dallas or uh, we're so early in the season, if Dallas or, or Florida goes on two game losing streak, which is entirely possible, then, you know, the whole thing could, the whole thing could change very quickly there. So I'm not too, you don't want to get too caught up in the season early. You don't want to get too caught up in, in what's going to happen there, uh, in in what we're going to be seeing, you know, in in what's already happened because a lot of things are going to change. Where, and this is kind of getting back to my early point in, when I started the show here about the Blue Jackets and and uh, you know, can John Torrell teach this team how to play offense? Okay, so when you're looking at what this team's done this season, the Blue Jackets are the kind of team where, and taking last season into account and a lot of saying this, again, the Jones Soda is very good, folks. Uh, they don't mind giving up more shots than their opponents do. They don't mind doing it, as long as they're keeping the shots to the outside. And there were parts of the Panthers game last night where they were doing that, where they were keeping shots to the outside, but there were huge parts of the game where they weren't. They gave up a ton of high danger scoring chances um, and, and were just beat to a pulp in when it comes to expected goals for. Uh, let's put it this way. In expected goals for, the Panthers at five on five, had 1.76 expected goals for the Blue Jackets 0.75. So of the expected goals for percentage, the Blue Jackets only had 29.92. That's horrid. Now what's really bad is that's the third game this season where their expected goals for at five on five was under 40% of the expected goals for. What does that mean? What does that mean? That means if you are there, your goalie has to stand on his head, and when your guys get shots, you either have to get lucky or outperform what's expected. You have to have better than average finishing talent to win those games. And those aren't things you can do. that You can't try and win like that on a, on a consistent basis. It's just not going to work. Um, 
I mean, I guess the good news of it is in three games this year, the Blue Jackets have had the higher expected goals for. But when you've played seven games, you need that number to be higher. You need to be better at creating good quality chances throughout the course of a game. And they're just not right now. I mean, that that's the that's the big problem we're having in Columbus. And maybe Patrick Laine helps that, although Patrick Laine is not known for being a, a huge play driver. But maybe being an above-average finisher and, and being able to score, we're going to get better on that. I, I hope so. Because when you look at the Blue Jackets, if we look at their expected goals for percentage as a stacking up in the league, they're at 25th at 45.88. 25th. And and here's the thing. Coming into this season, if you wanted the Blue Jackets to make the playoffs, they had to be better than four teams in that division. And I, I think most of us were willing to grant that they weren't going to be have a better record than Tampa. But when you look at the other teams they've played, the Florida Panthers, uh, the Nashville Predators, and the Detroit Red Wings, those are teams we wanted them to be better than. Two, two of those we, we kind of expected, at least in my opinion. I expected them to be better than Florida. I expected them to be better uh, than Detroit. And and so far, they just they haven't consistently played well enough to do that. And that's where I'm concerned about where this team is going. Because in other seasons in the past, I've seen where they've been, they've had that, they've carried play, they've they've had the higher expected goals for, and maybe the wins aren't coming. But then the wins start to come. When you're playing like this, you can't. There's just no room for error. You have to be perfect. And they're not. I mean, last night they were lucky. They got one point because they were lucky. I know John Torrell said take the point and sprint out of the building. He's not wrong because those first two goals should not have gone in. They got lucky. I mean, maybe the uh, one that bounced off Texier, maybe that one you could say you could ascribe to, um, you know, uh, you put you got you got people in front of the goaltender who got confused. Maybe that one goes in some more often than I want willing to give it credit for. But the Stenland one, no, nah, that one was luck. And I, I'm not saying that Stenland shouldn't get credit for it. Obviously, it's a goal he shot it, he scored. Good for him. It counts in the score sheet, and it'll it's something he'll use when he wants to get a contract. He definitely should. I'm just saying you can't rely on those types of goals to win games. So there's a concern here. Um, there's concern for good reason. And we need things to start going in the right direction. Um, started seeing what lines were coming out. You know what? Let's do this. Let's hear from our, uh, friends here, our sponsor of the hockey podcast network. Uh, and then we'll discuss this here in a, uh, discuss it after the break. Calling all Jets fans and foodies. What's going on, guys? I'm Brandon Rewicki, the host of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. Look, if you love Jets hockey, this is the place for you. In-depth breakdowns from every game, a deep dive into the big plays and moments from Winnipeg's season, and all the Jets talk you will not find anywhere else. We got it for you on Skates and Plates. Plus, if you love carbs and everything tasty, we jump into the world of food as well. 
Once a week, we also speak with a member of the local culinary scene to highlight their great stories and the great food they put out. So there it is. Hockey, jets, food, drink, everything good in life. It's right here on Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. All right. So Jeff Sabota this week, uh, today, tweeted out uh, during during practice what uh, the lines CBJ seemed to be running were. So I'll read it here, left to right. Felino, Texier, Bjorkstrand, Grigorinko, Domi, Foodie, Jenner, Roslovic, Atkinson, Robinson, Koivu, Nash. Stenland apparently was not out on the ice. I'm concerned about what's going to happen with some of our younger talented players when we get line in. Now, again, obviously line a needs to be out there. There's no way you're not playing Patrick line. A. But here's the thing. If I'm talking about trying to increase the offensive upside of this team, I am not pulling Kevin Stenland from the ice, especially not for, for Riley Nash. In my opinion, if those are the 13 guys you got access to for your next game, Nash needs to be benched. I honestly think a Robinson Koivu Stenland line wouldn't be bad. Uh, Texier with Burkstrand is cool. The idea of Grigorenko Domi Foodie, I like it. Now, last time I was on the show, I was telling you guys I'd, I'd love the idea for the blender to go away. Obviously, that's not happening. Obviously, John Tortorella is not listening to the show and taking my sage, sage wisdom from all of my zero games of NHL coaching experience. But that being said, one, one quick aside, just because somebody hasn't coached in the NHL or been in a game, that doesn't mean they can't criticize people. I, that somebody on some Facebook group or somewhere was like, said something along the lines of, oh, yeah, getting criticism from all these people who've never coached and never done this. It's like, come on. We can criticize stuff. First of all, this is hockey. We're fans. You can criticize whatever you want. Second of all, if we're going to hold to this idea that you can't criticize something for being bad because you've never done it, that's ridiculous. I've never been a waiter, but I know what someone being a bad waiter has done. I, the jobs I have done well, and, and I, uh, the jobs I've had, if people want to criticize me and said I did a bad job, that's fine. Because there's, uh, for a lot of jobs, there's a way of telling if someone did their job poorly. For coaching, that means are the players living up to their total potential. And here's my viewpoint. If I'm, the, if I'm Columbus Blue Jackets, I look at it, and I'm like, who do I think both gives us the best chance to win, is a more tradable asset, and may be with us longer? Kevin Stenland or Riley Nash. This isn't a hard decision in my mind. Um, obviously, Ross Livick's going to be out there because, you know, he's somebody you just traded for. Uh, the team sees a lot of potential in him. I really believe Jarman Kekalainen sees him as a second line center. At this point, Yarmo seems to be hitting well enough on picks that I don't argue the point. Um, I mean, here's the thing that's kind of funny to me. At this point, Texier and Foodie, two of our last few first-round picks. Wait, Foodie? I don't think Foodie was first-round pick. Maybe it was first-round pick. I don't know. I'm not looking it up right now. 
They're going to be big parts of this team. If this team's going to win, we need them to be there. We need them to be good. And that's just all there is to it at this point. So I, and where I'm saying I'm concerned about this team if when new guys come in, if Line A comes in and plays left wing, towards St. Bench and Felino, towards St. Bench and Jenner, he ain't Bench and Atkinson. So, I mean, that really the choice is going to come down to like, Robinson is coming off. And I'm not saying I want to bench Boone Jenner. I just, if we're talking about actual trying to, actual scoring finish and trying to make offense happen, Robinson on the ice just makes too much sense to get rid of him. It, it's, it just feels like there's too many things that we're not doing where we're not utilizing the best talent to get there. And it's frustrating. It's very frustrating. Um, I don't know how to fix this team right now. I don't know how to make this work. And and it may be one of those things where these they just got to figure it out. Uh, I mean, uh, the stats I was giving you from, from last night's game were all for five on five. If this team fixes the power play, they can win last night in a walk. They had four power plays. They had one that was a four-minute double minor. Maybe if Patrick Line is on this team and creates more opportunities for other people and himself, once that happens, maybe they start winning those games. Because, um, I mean, that's the thing about the power play, where the Blue Jackets have suffered at it for years. There's games where you can be better than the other team, but all they need is one power play, and you get one, one or two power play goals, and you can win games you shouldn't. And maybe that's what the Blue Jackets are going to start doing in a few places, win a few games they shouldn't. Because if they can do that, that's huge. That's massive. I just... I want to see Patrick Line on this team. I want them to get him out of Ottawa. Um, if you didn't know, uh, apparently the what Aaron Portsline first reported today uh, and then was backed up by one um, Pierre Lebrun was that uh, Patrick Line apparently is in Ottawa at the Canadian at the uh, American consulate waiting for his paperwork. Um the wonderful gentleman who works for the Blue Jackets, Peter Lovins, you can find him on Twitter. He is the Blue Jackets kind of head of uh, legal stuff. He's the one who writes up, you know, certain things as far as contracts and writes up their their sponsorship packages, all that kind of good stuff. But he also is who deals with a lot of their immigration issues. So it, it's interesting to see where that goes. Um, he's yeah, he's a great guy. Uh, so. Uh, we'll see when when he can get when he can help us get. Obviously, it's not all on him. Obviously, we have governments involved in the midst of a pandemic trying to get people across the border too. But hopefully, we can get line A sooner than later. Um, one last thing uh, to discuss today: Sinclair made it official that soon enough. You will not be watching games on Fox Sports Network. You'll be watching them on Bally Sports. For those of you who are not aware, Bally is a casino. Uh, they've got one in Atlantic City. They've got one in Vegas. They might have a few others. Uh, there's definitely going to be more in terms of uh, more in terms of uh, of you know maybe some some allusions to betting or what the lines are for games that sort of thing. I don't think it will matter. I don't think for anybody who's watching games now, it's going to matter in the short term what's happening there. 
Uh, we've already heard that they're going to have a standalone streaming service, so maybe that'll help us get around some of this garbage of people not being able to watch games right now because we're having issues with streaming issues with uh, with Fox Sports and, and all them and Sinclair not reaching deals with Hulu and FUBU and all that crap. I just... It's just... it's It's... Pro sports are unique in that it's one of the only businesses where there's not really an immediate repercussion for denying your fans access to you. And and I'm not saying that like the Blue Jackets are intending it or any of these leagues are intending it, but when you sign these contracts... I mean, you, it makes me wonder if in the next round of local rights deals, now some of these teams may not be able to try and argue for this because honestly, if the Blue Jackets leave what will now be Valley Sports Network, where do they go? Who's going to carry their games? I don't know. I mean, I don't think there's a lot. There's not really a lot in the way of competition on this, which is which is part of the issue. Um Although I think a lot of fans would be just fine if the Blue Jackets said we're just going to go on ESPN Plus, because uh, because I mean anyone if anyone can get their games for five or six dollars a month and get all of them, I, I don't see a lot of fans being upset about that. Uh, but it's just one of those things where you kind of wonder for the next round of, of rights deals. A lot of these teams and leagues are going to say a lot of these teams are going to go to it and say, "Hey, here's the condition." Um, if you know if you're not available on x percent of cable subscribers and that can be defined as you know hulu tv and youtube tv and all that if you're not on x percent of those tvs you're in breach of contract and we can leave i I just wonder i'm just i'm just tired of fans being in the middle of all this because they're the ones who want to see the games and they're having these standoffs and the ones who are ultimately going to get hurt the most are fans and the teams. Because if someone has YouTube TV and it's impossible or pretty much impossible for them to get a, a provider that carries uh, Bally Sports or Fox Sports, then you'll just have fans losing interest. Because if you can't watch the team, I guess maybe you listen to it on the radio. But especially right now when you can't go to games... It just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. So anyway, folks do appreciate you watching, listening. Um, if you watch it on YouTube or you watch it on Facebook, like share. If you listen to these on podcast form, like share comment or, or, or review or whatever, whatever platform you're on, there's a way to say you like the show. And we'd appreciate it. If you do that again, um, thank you very much for watching and go jackets. Please subscribe to the show, follow us on Twitter at Jackets Debrief, and thank you for listening.